Hemos Unite, episode 34. Welcome to the Hemos Unite podcast, your podcast for support, inspiration, and information in the bleeding disorder community. I am your host, Maddie Van. I am only your host. I am not a doctor. I do not give medical advice, nor do my guests. This podcast is for entertainment, idea exchange, and support only. For your personal situation, please seek out your HTC or medical professional. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy 2018. Uh, Hemo Unite kicked off a great January. We went to an event with AHA, uh, Arizona Hemophilia Association, and Shire and did a cool educational dinner. So if you guys are on the fence and not making time to get out and do the educational dinners, please do because they really are fun. You get to meet people in your community and touch base with them and it's just, it warms your heart. But anyway, we are back with the one, the only, you know him, you love him, Von Ripley. And we're going to get right into that. Welcome, Von. It has been a while. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. I am honored to be here. Oh. I love chatting with you. Oh, thank you. Well, I thought, as we chatted before, I thought you would be the perfect guy to kick off 2018 and to help us stick with not only our resolutions, but kind of make them part of our lives as opposed to just a one hit wonder. So thank you again. Tell us what have you been up to and what are your goals for this year? So I'm continuing to do uh, advocacy and obviously trying to raise awareness. Um, uh, over 2017, I, I hit 50, 50 years old. So my Congrats. goal yeah, my well, and I never thought I would. Yep, make it exactly. Far, by the way. So, so my goal has been through 2017 was okay. So now I'm on my second half of my life that I wasn't even supposed to have. So, so what am I going to do? And what I've decided throughout the year and what I kind of came up with is that I'm going to make my second 50 years even more amazing. And, and I think the foundation of that is going to be obviously my fitness, uh, my mental toughness, uh, the nutrition that I'm taking in, because as you get older, those things become even more key. I mean, as hemophiliacs, it's obviously important even as a teenager to, to make sure that we stay fit. But at 50, I can tell you, your body starts to tell you that you're 50 years old. And so I'm making a foundation that will take me for the next 50 years and keep me pain free and bleed free as much as possible. Mm, amazing. I don't know how you can get any better, but I look forward to seeing it. <laughs> Um, I agree with that. So I'm hitting, I'm going to be 48 this year and I am feeling it, feeling it. <laughs> so, and I'm in nowhere near in the shape clearly that you are, um, I believe I have some of the mental toughness because I think we all have to be, especially with our close knit group. But Absolutely. yeah. So how did you, how do we, like we were talking before, how do we stay, how do we get mentally tough? How do we stay mentally tough? And then how do we bring our fitness into that too? So, so I think, uh, obviously without the mental toughness, we can't do the fitness aspect because you just won't stick with it. 
And I fear that most people try and jump into to fitness or a nutrition plan or something like that without having that foundation of a mental toughness. So it's an excellent point. Uh, really the easiest thing to do, and, and I like to fall back on Kaizen, and I know that you're a fan of the Kaizen philosophy too, mm -hmm. but really that's what it boils down to. If on a daily basis we just do a little bit, it doesn't have to be these big, huge things. I, I, I run into so many folks who tell me, oh, here's the goals that I've set for myself for this week. And it, to me, it looks like a five-year goal plan. And they're <laughs> talking about, and it's for a week. And I'm like, you're just, you know, ah, I, I, I want to support the people and their ideas and their goal lists and things like that. But at the same time, I want to be realistic. I want to give them a little bit of an easier plan. And that's why I love Kaizen, because I can just do a tiny thing each day as opposed to doing big, huge, grandiose things, I can just do a tiny thing. And so for mental toughness, that might be when I wake up in the morning, I just wanna spend the first two minutes, right? Uh, everybody has two minutes. Everybody constantly tells me how they don't have any time. But you ask anybody who tells you they have no time, do you have two minutes? And they go, well, yeah, I can swing two minutes. You know what I mean? So just two minutes when you first wake up, just say, what do I want to accomplish today? Don't worry about those five-year plans. Don't worry about that 90-day plan. Don't worry about that plan. Just a, uh, a single thing. And um, sorry about that. That's okay. It's okay. That was FedEx. I love getting packages. I do too. Life is so great when you're expecting an Amazon. <laughs> you know what was cool? In our old house, uh, the UPS guy, he knew about our dog, a big lab, and he brought him treats. And so whenever the UPS guy would come, he wouldn't bark. Instead, he would come over to me and wagging his tail and crazy hyper and so excited. And I thought, I thought it was brilliant. You know, he grew to love the UPS man. <laughs> this FedEx guy doesn't get it, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Okay, so, so we were uh, at, um, okay, when you get up in the morning, you think of just one thing, what am I going to accomplish today? Yeah, exactly. And that only takes, you know, you're looking at a two minute period. Like I said, it doesn't have to be huge. I know a lot of people, we like to jump in head first, right? So they're like, I'm going to do 90 minutes of stuff in the morning. The problem with that is when you shift your pattern from either doing nothing or maybe checking the Facebook all morning on your phone, laying in bed to doing 90 minutes of work, that's going to last about two days. You know what I mean? You're, you just can't, you can't totally. make that big of a shift. And that's one of the problems that we have in today's day and age. I call it the microwave generation, but you know what I mean? The, the, the group that believes that you can get uh, three minutes a day and get abs. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> so, so we're in that generation of, you know, well, we got to really bang things out. Instead, what I like to think is just do something simple, just one little thing. And that is to ask yourself, what would I like to accomplish today? And, and that's like your a priority. Like, I know I've got a very busy day, right? And my calendar shows me that. And I've got all my stuff listed on the calendar anyway. Well, on top of that calendar, I just want to do one thing today for me that will build either my mental toughness or help me uh, become more bleed free or uh, add to my nutritional balance or be a part of my fitness program, advocacy, awareness, whatever. But just pick one thing, right? And then I, I write that thing down. And because, by the way, writing it down is important, too, not because you want to be able to remember it, but I mean, writing it actually makes it more real in your mind, because now I've taken the time not only to think it through, but also wrote it down. And, and now it is something that's ingrained in my brain and will work on me throughout the day. I, now, yeah, I believe that 100 percent. 
And and I don't always accomplish those things, by the way. You know right. what I mean? And that's okay. So it is absolutely fine. That's another thing. Don't beat yourself up. See, that that's another problem that we have is when we don't accomplish the things that we set out to accomplish on a daily basis, if we don't do one day, then we beat ourselves up. Well, the truth of the matter is there are going to be days. I mean, life gets in the way. We all know this, right? Maybe right after I set that goal, I find out, that uh, there's been an accident and I need to go help somebody. And before you know it, my entire day is gone mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to accomplish the thing. I can't possibly get mad at myself because life got in the way. Instead, I'm just going to end it. By the way, at the end of the day, I do another two minutes. And those two minutes are basically what did I want to accomplish today? And did I accomplish it? Not beat myself up session, but just did I accomplish it? If I didn't, then this is something that I want to work on tomorrow. And so I think that that whole beating yourself up thing, obviously, is a struggle that we all run into. But you got to get past that, because if you're constantly busy beating yourself up, you're going to eventually take away from yourself for the things that you want to accomplish, because it'll be like, I'm tired of beating myself up. I'm tired of picking on myself. For instance, let's say my family room's a mess. By the way, my family room is a mess. And, and let's just say... Uh, I beat myself up on a daily basis because of that. And it's like, I meant to clean it today. I meant to clean it. Da, da, da. Well, eventually I'm just going to give up on it because I keep, I'm beating myself up and I'm tired of beating myself up instead. Just keep it on something on the back burner and keep it something simple. And eventually I will get around to it. I get to the things that are important. If there's something important in your life, you will absolutely get to it, but keep it on your radar. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, what I've done too is since I follow your Kaizen and I am completely behind this mindset, I, my family room's a mess as well. And I literally yesterday I walked through and every step the light was off every step I stepped on a Lego and I was very upset. <laughs> Don't those Legos hurt? Like <laughs> they're so painful, but uh. I remembered I'm really trying to take it easy on myself because we're the biggest critics of ourselves and I don't think yes. that's going to get it. like take responsibility. Yeah. Yes. I didn't clean it, but don't get into a spiral. I think especially our community, because we have so many challenges, we'll get into that downward spiral, but it's, I've really just trained myself out of that. And I said, you know what, tonight, I'm just going to pick the Legos up. That's it. Just the Legos. I'm not going to clean the whole thing. Just Legos. And I did, and I didn't step on them this morning. So that's a win, right? We should celebrate our wins, right? Absolutely. And that, and, and that's a big key to it too. If you do uh, small celebrations for, for the, the little wins that you have, that's going to keep you motivated. That's going to keep you inspired to continue doing those things. Because what would I rather do? Would I rather beat myself up or would I rather feel good about something that I was able to accomplish and do? Mm. Obviously, uh, the inspirational side is going to come from uh, patting yourself on the back. But most people, we do what you just said, and that is to beat ourselves up. And, and that's a little bit too hard. We are our toughest critics. And it's funny because when somebody else picks on you, it's almost like you can almost laugh at them because you're like, man, you got nothing on me because I'm hard on myself. <laughs> right. And so, so when somebody gives me a constructive criticism, I sort of chuckle because I'm like, that's all you got. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I get, I get it. Wow. Okay. So start with the two minutes. That's an easy thing too. And as I find, I agree with writing things down. I'm, a, I still have a paper planner and I, every night I write down what I'm going to hit tomorrow. So I know, so when I wake up, I know exactly how my day is going to go. And then I do try to do, I think I, 
I do too many though. I think I put four or five tasks that I want to hit and I never hit them and I feel a little bit bad. So I'm going to start doing just the one and making it more meaningful. So that's a good, yeah. very good tip. Well, you know, uh, Stephen Covey and also uh, Tony Robbins and uh, Franklin planners, mm -hmm. those guys that have the uh, paper planners that you write down in, they, they, what you just mentioned, they bring up that a lot. And that's why they started categorizing uh, goals for the day as A, B, and C, right? And in triathlons, we do the same thing. Uh, say, for instance, I want to do 10 triathlons this year. But I'm not going to make them all A triathlons because otherwise I'm setting myself up for failure. So instead what I'll do is I'll say uh, that triathlon up in southern Pennsylvania is my absolute favorite. I will absolutely do that one this year. So that's my A triathlon, right? But then I might have five B triathlons. Those are ones that I would like to do. But if something gets in the way, I may not be able to accomplish that one. And then I'll have four or five C triathlons. Those are like I can take them or leave them. And hey, if I do happen to do one, cool, you know, good on me. But if I don't do it, I'm not going to kick myself for it. And so, and that's what they do in those day planners too. It's the same thing. We prioritize, right? So if you take your five things that you talked about, and like you said, you're beating yourself up, but the truth of the matter is you probably accomplished, let's just say you accomplished one of those things. Well, that was the one that you needed to accomplish that day anyway. That's why you prioritized it and did it. Mm. But you beat yourself up because you had a whole list of five and you didn't bang them all out. So maybe try tackling it this way. Take those five and say, I will only have one A a day, period, flat, final. I can do but, that. But that A, I must accomplish. Yeah. Okay. So, so you take those five and then you go, three of them are B's and two of them are C's. I'm probably not going to get to those C's, but you know what happens tomorrow? Those C's and B's that I didn't accomplish, they trickle over. Yeah. Perfect. So that way you're able over time to accomplish the things that you know, you're going to have to get to anyway. Yeah. I love it. I can do that. Picking up the Legos is a priority because you don't want to step on them tomorrow morning. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and it did, and they're right. It did get done. If it's like you said, urgent or important, you know, it's going to get done anyway. Um, so how do we, so I have a quick, maybe this isn't quick. So I'm on the advocacy committee out here on our, our, for our foundation. And what we're trying to do is get more people to be empowered, you know, to go up. And I think everyone looks at like the Vaughn Ripley's, you know, and the people that are really out there sharing their stories and taught and they're so comfortable and you just it seems like it's nothing to you and clearly you've been doing this for a long time you've had practice right how do we get the mom or the dad or the young kid to get the confidence and how like what steps would we take give them to practice their story and then go to the capital or to speak out do you have steps that we can follow yeah so um do you know uh, Mel Robbins? I love Mel Robbins, 5, 4, 3, okay. 2, 1. <laughs> yes, exactly, the five-second rule. So one of the things that Mel uh, passed on to me that really uh, uh, rung true with me, and I had been doing it for years without realizing it, before Tony Robbins goes on stage, you know, he does this thing where he really builds himself up. He's like, yes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to excite this crowd. I'm going to do so much for them, right? And he empowers himself through that. Well, Mel Robbins does a similar thing, but what she does is when she gets nervous because she says, to this day, and she does, last year she did 180 speeches. That's a lot of uh, keynote speeches. And she says, she's still nervous. 
before every speech. And so that's something that's really is fascinating to me, you know, to hear somebody who's that uh, uh, much of a speaker. Yeah, she's so practiced that it's yeah. ridiculous. And yet she's still nervous. So there's part of us that goes, oh, my God, if Mel Robbins is nervous, there's no no way that I'm ever going to be able to do this. But then what she does is she comes up with um, the idea that she, before her speeches, instead of saying, I'm nervous, she says, I'm excited. Now, think about mm -hmm. that. These both are very similar emotions, right? When I get excited, I'm like jittery. I'm like, woohoo! I got the adrenaline running through my body. I might even get sweaty palms, but I definitely get really excited about what I'm doing, right? Right. And that's a good thing, right? We would both agree that being excited about doing something is a good thing. Yes. Well, if I get nervous before a speech, I get kind of jittery, uh, adrenaline's running through my body, I might have sweaty palms. Do you see what I just did there? Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing. But the difference is in my head, back to the mental toughness, right? In my head, one is a bad thing, being nervous, and one is a good thing, being excited. So if I can make that shift, right, and just say, this is perfectly normal, I'm supposed to feel the adrenaline going through my body because I'm excited. I'm about to get on a roller coaster. I'm about to see my sister that I haven't seen for four years. I'm about to, you know, do this, do that. But it's an excited thing, it's a good thing, but it's still gonna be something that's gonna energize you and make you feel in those same feelings. Your body doesn't know how to differentiate those things. Right. So you so you tell yourself you're excited as opposed to you're nervous. And let me tell you, five, four, three, two, one, it works. It does work. It were I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and and that's another thing. So right before I go into that room with the senator or a congressman, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna five, four, three, two, one my way in there. But before I start that countdown, I'm also going to say I'm excited to talk to the center. And by the way, this senator is privileged to have an opportunity to talk to me. Oh, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, because what I have to say, by the way, those guys, it's so funny. And I know several senators and congressmen, and it's funny to hear their side of the story. They love when we come in there to talk to them because not a whole lot of people do. And by the way, some of the people who do are kind of kooky. <laughs> and when we come in there, when we come in there as a normal person, just really trying to tell them as a constituent, the things that are important to us, they love that. This is what their role is. Hmm. How could they not love that? So think of it from that perspective, instead of being a little bit nervous about talking to your senator, think, wow, this guy or this gal is actually going to be excited to talk to me too, because they want to hear from me about the community. You know? And so that's, that's our opportunity to spread awareness to these guys. A lot of them don't know about hemophilia, or maybe they've just heard a little bit. So this is exciting. I get to go into a room with an important person in our government and explain to them something that maybe they don't know a whole lot about. Exactly. I it, ugh, I get nervous. So I will tell you a little secret. So I get nervous when I go to the Capitol, um, but I never thought about it that way as it's a privilege. Um, but I even get nervous before the podcast. So before your podcast, I had took 15 minutes. And you know, preparation's all the key, right? But I did five minutes of meditation. And then I did my power stance. And I was like, I am going to be the best. This is going to be the best podcast ever. Vaughn's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to be amazing. Just talk myself up for five minutes. 
And I did, I did change. I, I don't know why I get nervous. I mean, we've talked before. You're such a warm, loving man. You're kind, you're gentle. And <laughs> I don't know why I got nervous, <laughs> but I do. And it calmed me down. And it was, I did change from, ex- from nervous to excited. I just didn't label it that way. So labeling it that way would be super quick to just realize yeah. it in yourself. Yeah, that's good. Exactly. And I'll tell you something that's uh, on my end, hearing you, right? I mean, you sound fantastic. Uh, You do not come across at all as nervous. A lot of times those nerves are really just in our head. Um, I know several times when I've been on stage and inside I'm like, oh, my gosh, I totally blew that speech or what. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And you're like, you're like, you're broken feeling. Yes. And yet yet (laughs) after the talk, people come up to me and they're like hugging me and they're saying, oh, my gosh, that was the most inspirational thing I've heard. You know, uh, you just you you've made me a new person. And it brings tears to my eyes because I'm like, I felt like I wrecked it. Right. And yet somebody else comes up and tells me it was like life changing for them. So you have to think about that. It's all perspectives, too. Right. I mean, your perspective is, oh, this is tough or whatever. But what you're doing, Maddie, what you do is a very special thing. And that sharing this message that you're sharing to folks all around the nation and possibly around the world. Global, yeah. I mean, this is that's magical. And so. Yeah, of course you should be excited about it, but you shouldn't be nervous about it because you're doing an awesome thing here. You're doing your part. When we talk about you need to be an advocate, you need to raise awareness and stuff like that, you're doing your part and you're doing it in an inspirational way and that's fantastic. The world needs more of Maddie. Oh my gosh. This is <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. <laughs> Thank you. We are both amazing. But you know what? It's so funny. I feel the same way when we get around just our regular, you know, our tribe, our hemophilia tribe. I think everyone has that story and has that potential in them. And they just need that confidence or that little boost or the 54321 or whatever it is to just start. Yeah. Oh, yay. This is fantastic. So I have another question for you because I sometimes will go to your website and just kind of get a pick me up because you're you're a coach and you have things on your YouTube and have things on your website that are, you know, pep talks and you just throw it on and listen to it. Right. Like a podcast that like Tony Robbins, whoever Um, you just you did one a while ago about how to be a badass. Oh, yeah. I put myself out on a limb on that one, by the way. I liked it. I I know. And that's the thing. So I am a a bit of a jokester, and I love uh, incorporating sense of humor and seriousness in this message. And that's the idea behind that. You know, I'm a fan of saying uh, there's uh, two C words, right? Confidence and cockiness. And I don't like to mix those two up because I feel like there's a fine line between them. And I think that it's important to understand that line. And uh, obviously, if you're a confident person, you're going to go places, you're going to do things that are special in life, right? You're going to not only make a success of yourself, but you're going to surround yourself and create success around you. Hmm. And so confidence is so important. But the problem is a lot of times we trickle into that other side, that other C word, and that's cockiness (laughs) and I'll tell you cockiness can get you into trouble and um and sometimes with my messages I fear that people will take me the wrong way like I say I I like to believe that I'm confident I am not a cocky person and yet sometimes in order for me to get my message apart or, or across I sometimes I have to almost look 
cocky right. to be able to get that message across. But the truth of the matter is, I'm soft on the inside. You know, I'm a, a hard man. I'm a shell out here, right? And I have this outer shell, and it is a a, a very hard edge that I have, right? And and um, uh, I think that sometimes people assume that is just who I am. But the truth is, I'm soft and gooey inside, mm. just like everybody else. And there's definitely a mushy gushy side to me. So I, I want people to understand that. So when I do those messages, even though I've only got in that message, by the way, I, I purposely kept it within two and a half minutes because you really don't need two minutes for me to tell you how to be a badass and why it's important to be a badass. And the and so the truth of the matter with that message was I had to be able to fit it inside of that time frame and yet still show just the confidence, not the cockiness. And that's sometimes a hard thing to do. So I threw a little joke in there right at the end, you know, and it uh, um, it was, it, I, I look at the camera pretty sharp <laughs> and I did my Clint Eastwood impression and I said, don't be a punk, be a badass. And that was like my joke. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, but I'm sincerely, this is the message that people need right. to hear. Yeah. People, so many people are going through life being a punk and, and letting the world kind of, uh, beat up on them and they're beating themselves up and stuff. And I, my message is simple. Don't do that. You have the option. It's up to you. And, you know, throughout the day, we spend time blaming all of the things around us, the obstacles that we run into, the people who are around us that are maybe affecting our lives and stuff, the things that happen. Heck, people get uh, grumpy about the weather and say that it's, <laughs> it's the weather's fault. You know, we had snow here today and the kids had a two hour delay. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people will they they crumple up and they're like, oh, you know, daggone snow, blah, blah, blah. It's so cold out. I'm miserable. I'm out there dancing in it. I'm making yeah. snow angels. I, this is like a special time of the year for us. You know, not everybody gets snow. Guess yeah. what? I get snow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and it's all about perspectives. And that's true, too, with what we blame. And so in that message, what I did in that two minutes is I conveyed there is only one person to blame if you're not happy about where you are. And it's not your neighbor. It's not the principal at school. It's not your boss. It's not anybody in your outside circle of influence. It's you. Mm -hmm. And that's what the message was that I wanted to pass on. And I think I did a pretty good job of it. But like I said, sometimes I get a little bit nervous about doing these things. But I, I have fun with it. I have fun with them, too. I love it. And I love the message. And I think you should put yourself out there more. <laughs> I do. I love... You're very captivating on video, especially now, like when we're talking, I am just kicking myself that I don't have my video up and I would love to put this on YouTube just because just your mannerisms and the way that you're, you know, using your hands and your, your facial expressions, it, it conveys so much, you know, that we kind of sometimes lose over audio. So maybe our next podcast will have my stuff together to do it on our, my YouTube channel too, or our YouTube channels. So. All right. Well, then I'll get <laughs> I'll get pumped up before our video yeah. so that I'm like all jacked and yeah. everything. I'll, I'll have a tank top on. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. That's, how about that? I'll challenge you to do more videos, and then I'm going to get my stuff together to do more too. <laughs> cool. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. So um, 
Right. Do we still have some time? Because I want to talk yes. about uh, New Year's resolution. Yes, please, please, please. Let's go I for want, that. I, I want to talk about a pet peeve of mine. And that is perfect because, right, we're in January. And yeah. a lot of people have made their New Year's resolutions. Well, um, I, and you can bleep me out if you want. But do you know what I think of uh, New Year's <laughs> resolutions? Tell me. I think they're bull. And I'll tell you why. Because we should not be thinking about how we want to improve our lives once One a year. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Once a year, you're going to assess your life and go, oh, my God, I'm overweight. Oh, my God, I need to do more at work. Oh, my God, my kids are out of hand and I need to do. No, every day of your life, you should be doing resolutions. Yes. If you want to call it a resolution, really what we call it is Kaizen, right? Yeah. We don't We need New Year's to do this. But let's go ahead. Since we're in January, let's talk about New Year's resolutions. There's really a key to getting your resolutions done, and that is to act on them now. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about next week. As so many people that I talk to, oh, you inspired me. I'm writing down these goals, and I'm going to start on them on Monday. Monday. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the? What is Monday? I mean, come on. Why wouldn't you start now? You just came up with a cool goal. It's like a great idea for something that you can do in your life to make yourself better. And you're going to be like, well, on the second Tuesday of February, I think what I'll do is start on. No, start now. I have friends who smoke, right? And they're like, I'm going to quit in uh, February. I'm like, what? Like, what? if you know you're quitting... Why are you waiting? Take the pack out of your pocket, crumple them up, and throw them away. Yeah. Are you kidding me? There's no need to. We don't schedule that. <laughs> you know what you schedule? You schedule dentist appointments. You schedule doctor's appointments. You schedule meetings with somebody from out of town. You don't schedule quitting smoking or uh, knocking off 10 pounds or getting in better shape so that you have fewer bleeds. You don't schedule that. You do it. That's right. And, so, and, and that's one of the things that's kind of frustrating to me. And that's why I say I, I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions, because the truth of the matter is, if we wait and only do things once a year, I mean, how many years are we going to live? Maddie, you and I are probably going to live to 99. So that means 99 times in our life. Right. Out of our 18,000 days that we have available or whatever it is, 52,000 days, we're going to do 99 times of making uh, adjustments in our life. Come on. That's, we need we need yeah. to be doing daily. Uh, yeah, that's pretty eye-opening. I hate it when you guys bring those numbers in. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, that's why every night I recap, I try to recap my day like you recap your day and what went wrong. And I'm children actually brought it out in me that my child made me want to be a better person. I don't know why it took my child for me to want to take care of my body. Maybe because I was younger and bodies just don't, fall apart the way they do when we get older but he's the one that really made me make a change and so I'm changing if I want my kid to be great I need to be great and I need to put myself yes. first otherwise there's nothing left for him so I evaluate every day as I'm sure you do every week and and you're what you're talking about is passing the torch right Okay. Well, yeah. you can't you can't pass the torch without setting an example. You know, the torch that you pass is the example that you're making. So, so everybody obviously our children this is a perfect example. Our children are more important to us than anything else on the planet. Mm -hmm. So, we want the best for them, right? Right. 
We want our children to whatever, to grow up and be a success in, in whatever they want to do. We want them to have magical lives. We don't want them to go through pain. We don't want them to suffer with uh, uh, fitness issues or uh, nutritional issues, right? But then you're right. When, with ourselves, though, we don't necessarily hold ourselves to that same standard. Well, guess what? Our children don't hear what we're saying. They see what we're doing. So if you are, what you're bringing up is passing the torch. If you want to pass the torch properly, you got to set an example. Exactly. And, and we already know this, by the way, everybody knows this, you know, it in your heart of hearts, but it's so hard to do. Well, then use your children as leverage. You want to do better to, to all of your listeners out there. You want to do better. And you've got a child who you want to do better, do better for yourself first. Don't just preach to them. You know, my parents' generation always, it was a common thing to say, do as I uh, say, not as I do, right? Right. But the truth of the matter is, that's bunkum. That that is just not going to happen. Kids look up to us, right? We are the very first thing in their lives that they really look up to. We're before the Justin Biebers. We're before the um, Axl Roses. We're before the Madonnas. We're before the Clint Eastwoods. We are the first thing that they will look up to. And that will never change. And in order for us to accomplish something for ourselves, it's easy to use our children as leverage. If I want to get better, I can use my child as leverage because I don't want to say, for instance, again, fall back on smoking because it's an easy one. Mm -hmm. I don't want my child to smoke, right? If I smoke, I can't say to my child, don't smoke. That's right. They are not going to because dad is cool. And they're going to be like, Mm -hmm. well, dad's cool. And one of the reasons maybe why dad is cool is because he smokes. So that's the example. That's the torch that I'm passing. So instead, why wouldn't I use my child as leverage and stop smoking for my child? Right. Absolutely. I pick up so many tips. We follow the same people um, about drinking a full glass of water in the morning, a big, huge glass of water. It's the first thing I do, right? And I teach my child to do it. And that's part of his morning routine. He fights it. But I've got my glass, and he, he gets his glass, and I know if I don't give up this habit that we both do together yes. every day, he's just going to – it's going to be part – and then that's one less thing he has to fight when he's in his 30s, 40s, 50s. Right. So, yeah. What are some easy things like that? Like we said, our one thing a day. Give us some easy things to tackle every day, not just on the resolutions, that we can put into practice. So one thing that I do, and I think it's one of the most important things also building a foundation for mental toughness is called box breathing. Do you know what box breathing is? I do not. So five by five is what other people call it. The Navy SEALs do it when they're in a firefight. They do uh, this thing that they call box breathing. And what it is, is it's just a five second inhale, right? And then five seconds, you hold your breath. And then five seconds, you let the breath out. And then five seconds, you stay with the breath out before you bring the breath in again. And you do that five times. So let's do one just so that you get an idea of what I'm talking about. All right, ready? So Uh you inhale for five. And then you hold it for five. Then you slowly exhale it for five. Now keep it out. Don't breathe in for five. Oh, it's hard. And there. And that's it. Now you see how hard that was for you? The reason why that was hard for you, and by the way, I can do 10-second boxes. 
the reason why that was so hard for you is because you don't do it on a daily right. basis. Well, the thing is, the most important thing that we can do for our body is oxygen. Okay. Yes. So, right. I, I hear all people all the time talking about, oh, well, food, you know, nutrition. Well, let me tell you a little secret about food. Did you know you can go 35 days without eating? Ah. You can go 35 days without eating. I could probably go a little more because <laughs> I have so, some padding. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so, so how about water? People say, okay, three? well then water is the most important thing. Yeah. You can go three days without water. Okay. So think about what I'm seeing there. Now mm -hmm. let's talk about this little thing called oxygen. <laughs> Do you think you can go 35 days without oxygen? No. Can you go three days without oxygen? Can you no. go one day without oxygen? No. Can you go an hour without oxygen? No. No, most of us can't go four minutes without oxygen. I think you get in the seven, nine minute range and you're basically getting yourself brain dead. Right. So, so the, the thing that we overlook most in our society, it's not overlooked necessarily in Eastern philosophy, which is something that's pretty amazing to me. And I'm pretty fascinated with the holistic uh, approach that. So, <laughs> yeah, I know because we're very, we're, we're like brothers and sisters. I know, I mean, right? That's so weird. <laughs> but, okay. But keep going. We don't get enough uh, oxygen and proper oxygen in, in our bodies. So we take these shallow breaths, right? Why do you think that throughout the day, People sigh, especially when they have stress or struggles or take a deep breath. You ever notice somebody go after like, you know that they ran through some kind of problem and then they go, <sighs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh -huh. That's your body's natural reaction going, okay, you're breathing way too shallow. Take a deep breath. Let's calm down because we're about to go berserk. <laughs> well, it, finally, your brain is kicking in and it's taking over your alligator brain, right? Your brain back right. here, the, the reptile brain that basically it has to take over from time to time when you do stupid stuff like taking shallow breaths all day long. Mm -hmm. Well, why not, why not be proactive and don't worry about your reptile brain and do it yourself? Do box breaths before you do that two minutes, right? And box breaths only takes, right? So we're talking five seconds, right? Times four is 20. You do five mm -hmm. of those. So we're only talking two minutes of breathing. So do two minutes of breathing, then do your two minutes. Okay. And and do your glass of water. You okay. start your day off like that, I promise you, it'll be like boom zing. You are gonna, from that moment forward, everything else is gonna be so easy because you've already built a foundation for your day and you're hitting it with the water at the beginning of the day. That's where your foundation needs to be, not at noon, not nice. at three in the afternoon. You need to build your foundation the second you get up. And by the way, don't lay in bed reading your Facebook and your emails and stuff because nowadays that's what everybody does because we have phones, right? right. And the excuse is, well, my phone's my alarm clock so I keep it right next to my bed. That's no excuse. Set that joker over on your dresser yeah. and and then your alarm will still go off and wake you up, but now you gotta get out of bed and go over to it. And then. First thing, drink that water. Don't go to your emails. Drink that water. Do your box breaths and then do your two minutes to plan the day. I love and, it. And see how much of a difference in your day that makes as opposed to reading people's cat pictures on Facebook first thing in the morning <laughs> laying in your bed. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yes. Bounce, bounce out of bed. Get Attack the day. Don't, don't dribble out of bed with all kinds of weird stuff in your mind from what you were reading in posts. Right? I think that stuff is just cluttery. And I tell 
I, a couple of friends of mine, they keep, they send me a bunch of stuff and I was like, you guys, I love you to death. I don't have time. I don't have time for this because if I want to be who I want to be, I can't focus on other people being who, what, whatever they're being. Exactly. You know, I got to worry about my own grass <laughs> to see if anyone else is greener. Right. I love that saying. Um, okay, <laughs> perfect. I love this. Um, you also meditate twice, sometimes three times a day. Yes. How long do you meditate for? I'm, I can only go currently, currently. I started with a minute and then up to like five or six minutes of just total zened out bliss. How long do you go for and how does it help? So I, I do a similar thing to you. So I do my, uh, just a short period of time for the early part of the day. My long meditation is in the evening just before bed. And that helps me sort of empty the thoughts out of my brain and allow me because a lot of people lay in bed and stare at the ceiling yeah when i when i lay in bed with a purpose that purpose by the way is called going to sleep that's what yeah. a bed's for right <laughs> exactly so but the funny thing is i hear from so many people who lay in bed and they lay there for an hour thinking about their day so that's why my key meditation is right at bedtime where i really Breathe everything from the day out. Because you know what? I don't want to think about that stuff. I, I already deal with it all day long. I don't want to dream about it. I want to dream about crazy stuff. I want to dream about fun, crazy stuff. And so I do that meditation. And I use a, an app, by the way. Okay. And so Head I, I, that's Headspace. Yeah. yeah. And Headspace is a pretty good one. You know, it's got a little fee associated with it. But I find that it's a pretty awesome one. But you don't have to do that. I usually do 15 minutes okay. and then at the end of that, then it's like phone goes into airplane mode, by the way, because I can't tell you how many times a 2 a.m. text has woken me up mm. or or a 2 a.m. I am because, you know, I know people around the world, especially on the Facebook and they I am me. <laughs> These people from like wherever, like yeah. Thailand, are IMing me at 2 a.m. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> and <laughs> I'm I can't, asleep. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and by the way, I'm the protector of the house. So I sit up in bed when I hear a foreign noise. You know, right. when it's, it's like the dog shifting in its bed or something like that, I sit up in bed. And so I learned a long time ago put the phone in airplane mode. Yeah. There should be no reason for that phone to be if I if somebody needs to get through to me that important, they can call on the landline. And by the way, what would they do if my battery was dead? It's so funny to me that we're strapped to our phone these days. Mm -hmm. You know, it, we we can't get away from our phones. It It's like five yeah. minutes and it's painful. Yeah. And so. I, I'm definitely a fan of the airplane mode. Also, do not disturb mode, however you want to yeah. do it. Um, but um, yeah, so my meditation, my 15 minutes of meditation is at the end of the day, shut everything down, lay down, and I go right to sleep. There is no time for anything. That's good. And and I know sleep is incredibly important. And I know you, you I know that you're biohacking and you're really into, you're very in tune to what you can get away with. And I know you were down to six or six and a half hours and being able to perform at peak. Um, but that's because you set yourself up and you don't have the distractions at night so that your That's sleep right. is actually good sleep. Yeah. yeah, because the worst thing, you can get nine hours, but if it's broken up and every three hours you wake up for some reason or something, or maybe for instance, say I did a little too much drinking. And when I, if I uh, imbibe, um, I tend 
to I have found by tracking my sleep that my sleep does get broken up. It's oh, definitely yeah. not good for uh, my mind when I'm trying to get rest. Sleep is is for one thing, recovery. That is so that your body can recover, right? Well, how are you going to – we spend so much time and effort in our fitness plan and our nutrition plan and all these things, breaking our body down, exercising. Well, a lot of us skip the idea of that there's another facet that's just as important, and that is recovery. And in recovery, you need good sleep, and it's got to be good, deep sleep. And if you get that, you will recover properly. You will wake up. You'll spring out of bed, and you'll be ready to take on the day. Yeah. Um, what do you use? There was an app I said in one, read in one of your blog posts, um, and it wakes you up not in a deep cycle, but in a in a in a uh, not a peak. I don't know what that's called. But you wake yep. up at a certain time, so it yep. tracks your sleep. What is that called? It's called Sleep Cycle. Okay. And I also use that to monitor. That's why I go into airplane mode, by the way, because I was just telling you guys, like, don't have your phones next to your bed. Uh -huh. But I, I do. But I'm also, uh, I can, I'm mental toughness. Well, I you, yeah. You've had I don't time. have to, to read the phone. Um, so airplane mode and then uh, sleep cycle sits on the bed with me. And that way oh. it, it tracks your movements. If you move in bed, it knows like what kind of sleep you're getting and stuff. It also has the mic on. So, um, it, it hears when you do uh, noises in bed. So, um, what that does is it gives you cool statistics over time really is when it really becomes powerful and it shows you, uh, what kind of sleep you're getting. And I also take notes. So it has these check boxes, right? And I can say, I drank tea just before bed, like, a, um, chamomile uh -huh. or something like that. Or if I had alcohol that night, then I'll check that box because that way I can see, Oh, statistically that's a bad thing. So now I know it's just another piece of leverage to tell me, well, don't do that. Right. Um, and so now I've got these statistics that show the amount of sleep that I get, but also the part that you mentioned, it has this really good added benefit. And that is it gives you a 30 minute window. So it's random when it's going to wake you up, but you say, I must wake up by this time. Say that's uh, 630. Okay. Well, between six and 630, it's going to pay attention to you. And if it notices that your movement starts to increase and the noises are increasing or whatever, that means you're coming out of your deep sleep, right? They call that REM, your rapid eye movement sleep. Mm -hmm. If you're coming out of that, that's the best possible time to wake up. So this app knows when to turn the alarm on. Because if it waited until uh, 6.30, say for instance, you started dipping back down into REM, mm -hmm. well then that would be a bad time to wake you up. And you have recognized this before. There will be some mornings you only got five hours of sleep, but for whatever reason, you leap out of bed. Yeah, And then there will be other, yeah. and there'll <laughs> be other mornings where you got nine hours of sleep and you're like, I can't get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because you just happened to hit the right pattern. You were coming out of REM that time when you woke up really awake and sometimes your eyes snap open, you know, and you're just yeah. ready to sort of tackle the day. Other times you wake up and you're so groggy. You're so like, oh, Mel Robbins talks about that too, by the way. But when you're caught down in that REM sleep mode, it's very hard to wake yourself up. Okay. I think that's what's happening right now because I'm currently not waking up right. <laughs> Whereas before I would go to bed just a little bit earlier or maybe have, and this is what, I didn't track it, maybe have a little bit more water, and I would get up at 4 in the morning 
raring to go. Yeah. Raring. I mean, workout done. Dogs walked. Breakfast for the kids. Like, everything's done. <laughs> and well, I just take a look. Try get back, yeah. Take a look at Sleep Cycle. It's a fantastic app. So right, be cool. between that and Headspace, those are my bed apps. Okay. You know, the, one helps me to go to sleep and one tracks my sleeping and also wakes me up. And yeah. and it's just a, a powerful way to, to regenerate. I love it. I love it. So good. Lots of good tips. I know I, we're over. Are you okay on time? I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm tackling all kinds of things at the same time. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so how about, is there a way that we can check in with you halfway through the year so we can maybe hold some people accountable that are listening to this podcast right now that they know that they're going to have to listen to another one <laughs> and they're going to maybe see where they, how far they've progressed and not uh, wait till 2019. I'll tell you, uh, and I'm not kidding when I say it, Maddie, I really enjoy uh, chatting with you and hanging out and I'm open to any time that, uh, you know, you want to do something like this. I, I just absolutely love talking with you. Oh, yay. Thank you. That means the world to me and ditto clearly. Well, it's, um, it's inspirational to me too. You know, you may not believe this, but I need to be inspired too. <laughs> oh, well, Count me on that list of people that inspire Vaughn Ripley. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So we've got a wonderful array of items to work on, things to think about. And I love the mini just prioritizing your tasks. And, you know, intellectually, we all know that. But it just you need to hear it maybe at the right time or when you're at the right point in your life to actually put it into practice. So we challenge you guys out there to do that one thing a day, prioritize your tasks, box breathing. What else? A little bit of meditation, meditation. helps for sure. And meditation. how about, how about just, did you mention the two minutes to start your day and end two your minutes, day? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Have you ever read, and you might like this book, this is a tangent. It's called love yourself. Like your life depends on it. It's in a tiny book, very tiny. And it's, it's, it's it's written semi blog posty, and the guy that wrote it um, was talking to James Altucher, who I love. And Altucher yep, was like, cool. "Yeah, he's like, you need to make this a book." So the guy made it a book. It was just normally blog post, and it talks about kind of the things that we're talking about. And what he says is, in the morning, start your day with a state of appreciation. And it's not even just, you know, I'm happy that I have a roof over my head. It's for your body. I'm happy yeah. I have two eyes that can see. I'm happy that my hands work today, that I can pick up things. I can pick up my child. I can hug my child. And I've started doing that in the mornings, and my son hears me. And I always say, I love myself. I love myself. And so my son says it too. And his follow-up question is, and my son thinks it's just fun, but the follow-up question is throughout the day, when you're in a situation where you're going to reach for, if you say you're an office worker, you reach for the snacks instead of the celery that you should have made or that, you know, the healthier right. version. If you love yourself, would I be doing this if I really loved myself? And wow. is this right? If I really love myself, would I be eating peanut butter, orange crackers? No. If I loved myself, I'd be drinking a glass of water and I'd be getting a salad. And it's changed my life. So I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna send you that book. <laughs> you don't See, need it. <laughs> you're constantly inspiring me. <laughs> you don't need that book, but it might be something that I mean, it's so quick and so easy. It might be something you can work into your your motivational talks. You know? <laughs> yeah, very cool. 
Yeah. I love it. And I love those kinds of things. You know, I, I read um, probably uh, three, four dozen books a year. And I, I feel like it's really important that uh, it's, it's kind of seems like it's a dying art, you know, reading oh, books. And, and but I, it's so important because it gives our brain time to sort of absorb some of the things. A lot of times we already know this stuff, right? Mel Robbins isn't introducing right. you to anything new. This is stuff that we've known for an awful long time. But hearing it from her, hearing her perspective and stuff like that is just really powerful and can be helpful throughout your day to have uh, that kind of stuff available to you. And you're only going to build that through books. Totally. I agree. I agree. And how about this? I'm going to send... The first person who comments on either the Facebook when I post this podcast or my website or Vaughn's website if you want to put it on your podcast. The first person who comments on Vaughn's and my sites, I will send you guys that book. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love this book. Like I just love it. And I know you could do the same thing because you inspire us all the time. <laughs> okay, so now that we've done all that... Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I, I put all your links on where to find you. Is there anything else going on that you really wanted to talk about or let people know that you're doing or where to see you next? Um, I guess if there was one thing that I, a message that I want to get to your listeners, it is that um, I think that it's very important that uh, we spend time working on giving back to the community. And, and for me, you know, that's awareness and advocacy and you find your own way, whatever it is, you're doing an awesome job of giving back to the community and, and being an advocate and everything. But I think it's important that all of us do that. This community thrives and it can only thrive by the participation of all of us. Mm, I agree. I agree. So find something that you can do and just do it. Like five, four, three, two, one, just do it. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and it can be something little. Um, one of my friends right now is going through a cancer battle, and I know she doesn't want to see me, but I'm just going to I'm gonna get a basket of her favorite things. I'm going to put it on her doorstep. I'm going to text her and say, open your door. There's dinner for tonight. I'll see you later. Like, just we can all do something little like that, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's very important. You know, we have it's, – it's basically our duty to give back to the world, if you will, not even just the community. Right. And, I mean, we've been given something special this life, right? And so it is our duty to mm. give back to that special thing. I like that. I take that challenge. All right. Um, <laughs> You're <we're>... already doing <laughs> it. <laughs> but I like to be challenged. <laughs> um, so where can we see you now? Are you, do you have any talks on the schedule yet? I know the year is just getting going here. Um, I've, I've been doing a lot. So I'm an ambassador now and, um, I've been doing a lot of traveling, probably about three or four a month actually to whoa. local chapters. So, so nice. I'm definitely uh, interested. I want to get out there and, and, uh, meet at your chapter. Yeah. And, and I've been trying to find out who's involved with the Hawaii chapter, by the way, cause they need to oh. ask to have me come out there. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Maybe I can nose around out there. <laughs> I was thinking I'll turn it into a two-week. Uh... 
exploration. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and if there's a Fiji chapter two, by the way, Ooh, and you yeah. guys are listening, I definitely want to do Fiji too. I'll take, as a matter of fact, here's something. I'll take all the Fiji hemophiliacs out on a scuba diving trip. Oh, there you go. Come scuba dive with Vaughn Ripley. I think you and I need to team up and then we just go places together. We'll do podcasts and you can do videos and you can do your motivational speaking. And it's like a group thing. And then I'm going to ride your coattails and visit all these awesome places and help all these people with you. <laughs> That's 2019. So there you go. It's going on the goal list. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. And we're going to see you again frequently on the podcast. As usual, it was awesome talking with you. Thank you for having me out. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We will catch you next month. And if you have anybody that you think should be on the pod, shoot me a tweet or a Facebook message or anything, and let's get them on. Talk to you guys soon. Oh, Hawaii and Fiji. Make sure you contact Vaughn.